welcome to Living Truth Ministry Church as we listen in to Pastor Daniel Bome teach on the Word of God. Okay, my Bible says that Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Now verse 4 said, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Let's go a little bit further. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Verse 7 says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Now I am going to show you some things tonight to help build on what we already know. Now, apart from abundant life that God promised every one of us, apart from abundant life, apart from life, that I have come that they might have life, and what? Have it more abundantly. Okay? God's original intention is to take you home. God's original intention is to what? To take you home. Now, that's why I'm trying to explain to you, apart from all the prosperity, apart from all the healing, apart from all the deliverance, apart from every other thing, one of the original intention of God is to take you home. Now, and I started by explaining to us the reason why God expects us to do certain things. You cannot just do any kind of thing and expect God's mercy and blessing to rest on you. That's why God is calling a church without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. Those three things. God does not expect you overnight to have all those criteria, but what he's saying is that you have to work that out on your own. That's why Christianity, salvation is a free gift. To earn heaven, you have to pay a price. Now, to be saved doesn't only mean that you need to have salvation. To be saved prepares you for eternity. To be saved prepares you, prepares you for what? For eternity. Now, Eternity means everlasting. Eternity means a, 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 a regime or a rule that has no end. So what Jesus came on the face of this earth to do is to prepare us for what? For eternity through his spirit. Now, that is why I am going to talk to you about why is God asking us to live a holy life. Holiness 
is an attitude. Holiness is an attribute. Holiness is a way of life. But God is saying, let us live what? A holy life. That is, God wants you to incorporate into your lifestyle a life that is obedient to him. When God is talking about holiness, the number one thing God is talking about is you obeying him. Now, this is saying that for you to be holy, you have to live an obedient lifestyle. Now, why is God requiring this obedient lifestyle? It's what I want to show you. I thought I said to us last week, I'm going to be talking about the Antichrist. I'm going to explain to you why Jesus doesn't want you to be on earth when the Antichrist should be released. So this evening, I will be going into some detailed information on how you and I cannot be, you are not supposed to be here when the Antichrist will be released. If you read your Bible in Revelation chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, God was talking to the seven churches. Now, after the seven churches in chapter 4, John began explaining something called the throne of God. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 1. I'm going to read some other verses. And I'm going to explain to you why salvation is very important. Because salvation, the end of our being saved, walking in grace, walking in righteousness, walking in holiness, is for us not to only have life, not to only us to have abundant life, but for us to have an eternal home. Our internal home is as important as the life he has given us, as the abundant life we are going to have on earth. But I found that because many people do not understand that the intention of Jesus is to give them life. And his intention is to take that life to the, the abundant stage of it. From the abundant stage, he now prepares you for home. Now, but many Christians don't think that, well, since I'm saved, all I need is to just do what Jesus wants me to do and a little more and I'll be fine. It's, that's not all. There's more to Christianity than what you are thinking. Revelation chapter 4. Here, John was trying to explain what he saw. And I'm explaining to you what it is. He said, after this, I look and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking to me, which said, come up, hit her. I will explain what that word is. And I, and I will show the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper. And a sandring stone, and there was a rainbow round about what? The throne in sight like unto what? An emerald. Now, I want to explain something to us. The word come up hither means rapture. In verse 1, the word come up hither, it means rapture. What is rapture? Now, I want to revisit some areas before I, I go a little bit deep. Rapture means to transport from one place to the other. That is, Jesus is the one taking you from earth to heaven. As I went, the, the voice said, come up heater. I'm going to show you the other verse in the chapter in the Bible that talks about exactly the same thing. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17. 
First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. If you mind, let us read from verse 15. He said, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that they which are alive and remain upon the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then they which are alive and remain shall be cut up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 8, it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, what does that mean? It means that there, I'm going to explain to you the difference between the rapture and the second coming. There's, there are two different. Rapture means a period of time when Jesus comes. If you read the book of Matthew, Matthew 24, when if you read the whole Matthew 24, you'll find out that the disciples began asking Jesus, they said, when will you come back and establish your kingdom? Jesus told them, he said, I don't know the time. No, I'm the angels in heaven. He said, only my father know it. He said, but he said, until this gospel be preached round the nations of the world for a testimony. That is, God does not want to say, oh, you didn't hear me. God will not judge a man if he did not tell the man that he's doing wrong. This is something I want you to know. The reason why the delay, why Jesus has not come is that there are one point out, two points, how many billion people on the face of this earth who have yet not heard the gospel. Because I want you to know something about God. If God say anything, he means those words. That's how the Bible says, God is not a man that what? He should lie. Neither the son of man that what? He should repent. God will not say a thing and don't make sure that thing comes to pass. So, when the disciples began asking, say, when are you coming? Jesus said, don't bother about when I'm coming. You do what I ask you to do. He said, until this message of this kingdom goes round the nations of the world, he said, then will I come. Now, but the Bible says that while we get ready or in preparation for his coming, God wants us to be holy. You can't live your life anyhow. Because the Bible says no man knoweth what? The day, the time, or the hour of the Son of Man. So what he literally is telling us is that God is expecting us on a daily basis to live up to the expectation of his word. So, in Revelation chapter 4, it's literally telling us that a time will come when Jesus will appear in the sky. Why will he appear in the sky? We explain. Only true believers will see him on the rapture. No unbeliever will see him. Why? The rapture is only meant for the saints. It's not for the world. That is why there is a difference between the rapture and the second coming. The second coming is different from rapture. I will explain what that means. Now, I want you to know that there was first, there was a first coming of Jesus. The first coming of Jesus or when he came to fulfill the mission of salvation. 
That was when he was born of a virgin Mary. Remember when that angel said, told Mary, he said, you will conceive and you will bear forth a, a son and his name shall be called Jesus. He shall be the savior of what? The world. God did not limit it to just one race of people. He said, you're going to save the whole world. So the first coming of Jesus was when he came to the virgin birth. Now, the second coming of Christ will be after Jesus have raptured the church. At the end of the seven year, after the rapture, Jesus will come back on the face of this earth. I will go into the details of it later on, but let me just establish a foundation here. The second coming again of Jesus will be when he will come on earth to fulfill one mission, to reign as king of kings and lord of lords, and he's going to put a stop to rebellion and disobedience. But that would be after, after he has raptured the church in Revelation chapter 4, because I will go into the details of the whole story. Now, let's, let me kind of put you together so that you will not make a mistake. Rapture is not second coming. Second coming is when Jesus will come with you and I after he has taken us, raptured us. When he will come on earth to reign after the seven year tribulation. Now, let me go back. If you read in Revelation chapter 4, the day, the moment the church is taken off from the surface of this earth, a man called the Antichrist will be released. That man is the son of the devil. He's called the son of perdition. He's called a lawless man. He's called a man of destruction. Now, I want each and every one of you to know that once the church is raptured, since the church is God's grace on earth, grace will be lifted up. Mercy will be lifted up. But you know why? God will say, I have nothing to do with this earth because my chosen ones have left. But God is still going to give mankind one more chance to make it right. Now, this one more time to make it right, it will be in the presence of the Antichrist. That means the Antichrist will really force you to stand your ground, whether you are of God or you are for him. I will go into the details of it when I begin to explain from Revelation chapter 11, 12, and 13. But allow me to just lay this foundation. Now, salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. It's given to you by free, for free. Write the scriptures down. Romans chapter 5 verse 15 and 16. Romans chapter 5 verse 15 and 16. We are just going to read one because of time. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. John chapter 4 verse 10. Now, I want, you, I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Let me show you that salvation is a gift. You don't earn it. Let me show you what the Bible says here. Salvation is a gift. You don't earn it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Look at what it says. It says, say, for by grace are ye saved. Through what? Faith. And not of yourself. It is the gift of God. 
not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are investors, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. That is, God is saying that when you become saved, you didn't work for it. It's, you didn't work for salvation. He freely gave you salvation. But I'm differentiating between salvation and reward. Reward can be earned by faithful service. Reward is different from salvation. Salvation you could not earn. Reward you have to pay a price to get it. Now let me give you an example how to get a reward from God. If you are a safe Christian and God said go ye into the world and preach the gospel. God is saying that when you do that and get a result, there is a crown waiting for you. That's why the Bible says that it's a wise man that goes out and wins a soul. He that winneth a soul is what? Is wise. That is, there is a crown for you winning souls for Christ. Now, salvation is not something we deserve. Number two, salvation is not something you and I deserve. I'm trying to lay a foundation to talk about the Antichrist, Christ, and the rapture. Now, I just want to show you something about salvation. Salvation is not something you deserve. Psalm chapter 130 verse 3, Psalm 130 verse 3, Romans chapter 6 verse 23, Romans chapter 6 verse 23, Psalm 103 verse 10. But I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Look at what it says. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. He says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is, salvation is, is not something you deserve. Every one of us was going to hell when we met Jesus on the cross. Every man born of a woman was going to hell. Because the Bible says, all have seen and have what? Cut short of what? The glory of God. But now look at this other one. It says, reward is something that the believer deserves. Now, you deserve a reward if you do a service for God. Let me show you something. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 16. I read 16 and 17. Luke 19 verse 16. Luke 19 verse 16. Luke 19 verse 16. Here Christ was giving the parable of the 10 pound. But in verse, let me read it from verse 11. It says, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. This was them thinking that the kingdom of God would come quick. And then look at what he was saying. And he said, therefore, a certain noble went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. 13 says, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. And he said unto them, occupy till I come. But his citizen hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Verse 15 and it came to pass that when 
he was returned, having received the kingdom. Then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Verse 16. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound had gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, him, well thou good servant, because thou have been faithful in a very little have thou authority over ten cities. Now, God will not bless you except you do something for him. Many people say, oh, I want to be anointed. Many people say, oh, I want to preach in a very big, big, big auditorium where a lot of people, but have you preached to the one person you met every day on your world going to work? God will never entrust you with something big if he cannot entrust you with something very small. Verse 18, and the second came saying, Lord, thy pound had gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in the napping. Now look at this one here. God gave him a gift. Jesus gave him a gift. But because he did not do anything for God, look at what happened to him. I want to share this with you. This is, this is very strong. For I fear thee, verse 21, because thou art an Austrian man, thou takest up that thou layest not down, and repairs that thou didst so. Now he was saying to him, now you gave me a gift, but you want a reward out of it. You want a harvest. You must be a wicked man. Then look at verse 22. And he said unto him, out of thy own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knowest that I was an Austrian man taken up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not so. Look at verse 23. Wherefore, thou gainest not down my money into the bank that at my coming I might have required my own with the word. The Austrian. That is, he was talking about here, even if you don't do anything with the gift that God has given you, God is saying to you that if he has given you a talent, use it. Start using it from where you are. You don't need a big stage for you to manifest. Start with something small. That's why the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. That is, God is saying to you, I will start you with small. That's why I remember that when we were, when we were thinking of where we were going, and I Began looking at it. God said to me that morning, He said, This place is as beautiful as that place. If you start from here, I will expand your coast. He said, Everything you need is in here. And I began wondering. Then he, I said, Okay, give me inside, Father. Now, God does not entrust anything in your hand He knows you cannot handle. He knows you more than you know yourself. So for God to reward you, God is saying that let's start from where you are. Now, some of us wants to become greater than life. It is a good dream. Any dream that is not in the process of time and training, God does not reward such dreams. Now look at this. Because reward is something that the believer deserves. You must do something to deserve it. See, the third one, salvation is not given on the basics of works. Your works does not give you salvation. If you, people say, oh, I'm a good man, I do a lot of good things, it does not make you saved. 
That's not what makes you save. Bible says, by grace are you saved. In Ephesians chapter 2, by grace are ye saved. Meaning that it's the mercies of God that extends salvation to you. But look at this other one here. Rewards are given on the basis of work. That is, if God saves you, God expects you to do something for him. That's why when Jesus will come on the earth, why some people will not meet us because they don't have anything to do for the Lord. But I pray in Jesus' name that the time when Jesus will appear in the sky, you will not miss him in Jesus' name. You will be doing something for him that he will see you worthy to tell you it's time for you to come home and rest. People don't rest if they don't do something for the master. Amen, somebody? Now, I want with these three points, salvation is different from reward. Don't forget this. Salvation is what? Is different from reward. Salvation is something you do not earn. Reward is something you walk towards getting. Now, let me show you something. I told you last week that I was going to talk to you about the Antichrist. Who is this Antichrist? I'm going to explain it to you. The Antichrist is a war leader. Write that down. I want you to write these things down. You will need them. The Antichrist is a war leader. The Antichrist is the son of the devil. The Antichrist is the son of the devil. One of the purpose of the Antichrist is to oppose Jesus. I'm going to show you scriptures. The purpose of the Antichrist is to what? Oppose Jesus. And when you're talking about opposing Jesus, there are three things he's out to do in opposing Jesus. Number one, the Antichrist is out to undermine the truth of the word of God. The Antichrist is out to undermine the truth of the word of God. Number two, the Antichrist is out to deny the truth. Second thing, the Antichrist is out to deny the truth. The third thing, the Antichrist is out to reject the truth. That is why he's called the son of the devil. Now, if you could open with me to 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. 1 John. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. I'm going to read to verse 22. It says, little children, is it, it is the last time. And as you have heard, that an antichrist shall come. Even now there are many what? Antichrists. Whereby we know that it is the last time or the last days. Look at verse 19. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Now verse 20, look at this. He said, but ye have not an unction from the Holy One. And ye know all things. 21 say, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth. But because you know it. And that no lie is in the truth. You can't mix truth and lie now. 22 says, 
Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is what? An antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Now, you remember I stated to you that he undermines the truth. Now, there are many antichrists that have, that have gone out into the world today. Their purpose is to usher in the real antichrist. One of the things they do so well is to distort the truth. Is to turn the truth around. Is to make you think that the truth does not exist. But ladies and gentlemen, believe they do not be deceived. God is what? Not mock. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. Don't be deceived. There's an, there's an, the Antichrist will be coming. If the Bible says it, you better believe it. Now, I am going to give you three titles of this Antichrist. Number one, he's known as the beast. Revelation chapter 13 verse 1. He's known as the beast. Revelation chapter 13 verse 1. Number 2. He's known as the man of destruction. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. We are going to read this scripture. He's known as a man of destruction. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. Number 3. He's known as the law Less one. First, second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Now, his mission is three things to undermine the truth, to deny the truth, and what? To reject the truth. Now, why is he out to do these three things? Jesus said, I am the way. What? The truth. And what? The lie. Listen to me. I will repeat this. Jesus said, I am what? The way. What? Secondly, is what? The truth. And number three, what? Is life. Let me share with you. Salvation is truth. Salvation is the way. Salvation is what leads people to life. If you fall away from salvation, think of the opposite of the truth. It's a lie. Think of the opposite of the way. You are not going anywhere. Think opposite of life is death. The Antichrist, one of the things he wants to do is to undermine the truth. To tell you that John 14, 6 does not exist. And the Bible says, Woe betide any man that take any word out of the word of God, right? In the book of Revelation. Now, I want you to know that the Antichrist is not playing, he's not going to play any game with you. Now, a lot of people are preaching that they, we are in the tribulation. This is not tribulation. This is what the Bible promised in Matthew chapter 24. It said there shall be diverse earthquake. It said there will be drought. There shall be famine. There shall be all kinds of things. In Daniel chapter 10, the Bible said, Daniel was saying, in that last days, knowledge shall increase. And he made mention, he said, not only will knowledge increase, certain things like technological advancement will increase more. That is why you could look at your cell phone and could watch somebody in another continent do something else. Why? Because it was promised. Bible said, knowledge shall be so great. Why is this knowledge so great? I will explain to you why. Now, 
The Antichrist will not be released until the church be raptured. Write that down. The Antichrist will not be released until the church is raptured. Why? God will not judge the sinner and the righteous together. Remember, when God was going to destroy the earth with water, what did God do? 